Today's Ag Spotlight video is sponsored by Focus Management. Old structures, methods, and approaches can't keep up with the pace of change that's upon us, nor the speed of response and adaptation that's needed to do better than merely survive. We must move with the times. And so, for these times, Focus Management has created Rapid Agile Deployment, an online, virtual, short-cycle planning and deployment process. For more information, go to focusmanagement.ca. I'm Chrissy Wozniak, and welcome to North American Egg Spotlight. Our guest today is a student at Fresno State University, and he's a resident of Tulare, California, and the host of the podcast Talk Egg to Me. I'd like to welcome you, Brendan Black. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, first of all, you have an interesting story about how you got into agriculture. So, can you start with that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, like you mentioned, I, I grew up in Tulare, California. Uh, we call it Cowtown here. You know, there's dairies as far as I can see. You literally can't walk around the corner without, without either seeing or smelling a dairy. Um, so I grew up, you know, around cows my entire life, you know, around cornfields. I, I was surrounded by agriculture my entire childhood, but it wasn't really something that interested me for most of my life. I kind of didn't really take, you know, any interest in agriculture until I got into high school and started getting involved in FFA. Um, most of my life I was interested in other things, you know, mechanics and, and animals and that kind of stuff, but not really like the actual farm aspect of things. And then I got an FFA and I was kind of forced out of my comfort zone. I tried some speaking teams, some judging teams, and that was what really got me interested in agriculture. Um, I was involved in a, a speaking team called extemporaneous. And in that team, I was being taught how to speak on a variety of agriculture issues. And so I would do research for three to four hours a day for three months, getting ready for competitions. And I did that for two years back to back and I started coaching it. So I was doing even more research for my, for my kids. And so doing all that research really loaded my, my brain on all kinds of information about different ag industries, different issues that they're going through. And the one thing that seemed to remain constant was that no matter what issue I, I was speaking about, my, my go-to solution was if people knew more about the industry, this would be less of an issue. Uh, obviously, there are some issues you're not going to be able to, to mitigate, you know, like like drought and, and you know, uh, like other, other economic factors and stuff like that. But a lot of issues surrounding agriculture are based around the consumer not understanding the processes that go into producing their food. And so that was what kind of inspired me to start uh, my podcast. I, I started it in April of 2018. So I've been doing it for almost three years now um, with the help of, you know, a couple of friends of mine, my mom and a couple of my teachers, we all kind of worked together on producing this, uh, this project where I could be basically venting out all the information that I had learned through my research. And it slowly evolved into this form of, of interview style where I started out interviewing farmers and other uh, producers and other people involved in the industry. And I slowly transitioned in interviewing actual consumers and bringing them on and answering their questions, myth busting, you know, talking about different aspects of agriculture that they were either interested in or that they didn't know about. And that's kind of where, where I got to now. So I'm studying to be an ag teacher, which I never thought I was going to do, but I saw it to be an important, you know, an important career to, to take part in and, and to be involved in teaching the next generation about where their food comes from. And so that's kind of, uh, that's where I, where I ended up. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> uh, so why do you think it's important that people know where their food comes from? Like most people go to the grocery store and they pick up their food and they don't think about it. So why is that not okay to you? So it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. It's one that I've actually answered a couple of times before um, talking to other ag podcasters and other just people in, in, in the industry in general, because 
I actually have met some, some people in the ag industry that don't think it's important for consumers to know anything about the food process. Uh, my argument to that is that, uh, you know, it, it may be fine for them to go get their food and go home and, and feed their families and, and that be the end of the story. But the problem starts to arise when you see consumers, um, you know, starting to believe some some of the things that we see through marketing, like like the labeling issue, you know, with the whole like am- antibiotic free, hormone free, GMO free, organic, like those kinds of labels uh, tend to cause miscommunications in how food is grown. And that causes a bit of a mistrust between the consumer and the producer. And we've seen this lack of conversation between those two parties for some time now. You know, consumers and producers don't tend to communicate like they used to. And that causes some lack of trust in, in both areas. And that lack of trust can often contribute to consumers making voting decisions that can in, that can negatively influence uh, producers. I mean, farmers complain all the time about regulations and they don't realize that the people voting on those regulations tend to be the same people that they're feeding. And so if the, if the consumers knew more about that process, they may be more sympathetic to the farmer and try to make their lives easier, not harder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, and the people that are voting with their dollars, if they're being misled, mm-hmm. then that's a huge issue, right? Yeah. Correct. So have you thought of any ways that we can fix this problem? I have been experimenting a little bit with my podcast. I, I don't think there's a definitive way to, you know, to fix the the the, the bridge. Um, on my podcast, I kind of consider myself a translator or a bridge between the, the agriculture world and the consumer world. Um, I think that, you know, I've said forever that it needs to be, we need to to eventually strive to be to a point where those two don't need to be separated that, you know, agriculturist and consumer can be part of the same, you know, part of the same group and they don't need to be, you know, like the consumer doesn't need to be seen as somebody different than us. The, the, as much as, as I want that to be the case right now, it's just, we're not quite there yet. Consumers are a different, you know, a different uh, personality than than agriculturists are, and so I'm working as a translator to take you know what the agriculture is talking, what the agricultural industry is talking about, and put it in terms that the consumer is not only going to understand but is going to also be interested in, because uh, that's something that I've seen is is a big problem with the conversation is that we're not speaking their language anymore, um, and that's not to say that they're not smart enough to understand what we're saying. It's just that we're talking two different two different issues here. You know, we say steer and they think of cow. You know, there there's a, there's a difference in terminology that can often, it's something simple, but it can often cause some miscommunication along the way. Um, so the strategies that I've been, that I've been trying to see if, if, if they work and some do and some don't is trying to put agriculture in a context that they can relate to. So I, I bring up agriculture in movies and video games and books and, you know, try to show them that agriculture is all around them and that it's not something that is just important for their food. Um, right. I, I make sure to emphasize that as well, but I've had conversations with people about, you know, you know, some of their favorite movies and I bring up aspects where there was, you know, maybe there was a farm in the background, or maybe they were you know talking about something that had to do with agriculture that they didn't realize what that meant before. Or like, you know, we talk about that kind of stuff and it's interesting to, to me to see how, you know, intrigued they get in, in, you know, just how much they're surrounded by agriculture without realizing it. Um, so that's, that's been kind of one of the, one of the strategies I've, I've been employing. Um, another big one is that people are incredibly interested in technology. Uh, like as, you know, as we grow, as we grow as a society, technology and science are, are ever developing, you know, topics of interest in our conversations. 
And I've learned that one of the easy ways to get consumers excited about agriculture is to show them all the things we're doing with new agricultural science. So, you know, uh, drones and robots and, you know, uh, AI and all that kind of stuff is something that, you know, we deal with it at agriculture. You know, we've been doing, dealing with it for a little while now. They didn't even realize that we were doing that. And so now that they are seeing that we're more technologically advanced than almost most of their industries, they're getting really excited about that. And so, like I said, not all of these strategy, strategies work for everybody, but they have been working for some of the conversations that I've been having. Right. Yeah, that's cool. And most, a, a lot of podcasts, um, ag-related podcasts are directed towards farmers, but yours is a little different. So who's your, who's your target listener then? So it, it didn't, so my, my target listener has changed a little bit over, over the course of my podcast. When I started it out, it was for farmers. Technically mm-hmm. it was to teach farmers how to have better conversations with consumers. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that that was somewhat working, but, but it started out as me just getting information out there for, you know, for consumers to gather, but they weren't getting there. And so it was like, I was I was making a podcast by farmers for farmers, you know, as, as every other podcast, uh, uh, you know, ag-based podcast is doing, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't really reaching the consumer side of things. You know, the farmers were hearing it, but they weren't going out and talking to the people that they needed to be talking to. So I shifted my gears a little bit. And instead of focusing on getting more uh, agricultural, uh, you know, professionals on there, which I still do from time to time, I started bringing on the actual people that needed to hear the information. So now my target audience is more, uh, consumer base and it's it's more more young uh, young consumer base not necessarily like high school student but like you know like like early age parent kind of kind of age you know the people who are going to be caring about their their kids you know diet and health and that kind of stuff is is who I've noticed I've, I tend to resonate with most because they want to know okay what can I do to make my my family healthy and safe and so they come and ask me all kinds of questions about labels about organic versus non-organic about pesticides about regulations so that tends to be where my content seems to resonate the most is with that you know, maybe they're not completely agriculturally illiterate, but they, they don't necessarily have a full understanding of the industry enough to, to trust what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So then who are the types of people that you, you interview then? I've listened to a few of your episodes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's interesting to see the wide variety that you have on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that you're looking for. It's it's difficult to to pinpoint a direct like guest um you know a a guest demographic that I look for Mm -hmm. uh, because it varies you know I've talked to people from you know uh, from domestic areas you know from California and from other uh, states around me to people across the world I've had you know episodes with people from Ireland from Germany from Canada from Australia you know I've I've talked with a large variety of guests. And I think that, you know, some people may, may say you need to niche down and, and try to hit one target audience with one target guest range. But I found a lot of advantages in talking to people from all across the world because they all have very different perspectives on agriculture and on, on the systems that produce their food. And so getting those different perspectives gives me a better range of understanding on how not only to have the conversation, but also how to get, you know, people from, from their industries interested as well. And so I, my, my target guest isn't exactly the one specific type of person. I do tend to, like I mentioned, get some of those, you know, um, like younger, you know, uh, y- younger adult kind of age people on, on the podcast, but that doesn't tend to be the, the target. I just kind of send out a message and say, Hey, I'm looking for guests. And I tend to just get a variety of people saying like, Oh, that sounds really interesting. I want to talk about this. I have some questions and I, I don't, um, I don't turn down anybody who has a question. If they have a question about agriculture, I bring them on the show and we talk about it. That's mm-hmm. just kind of my, my policy. So 
So um, I, I could get anyone from, you know, a 20 year old who, who just got into college to an, to an 80 year old who, who's retiring and, and, you know, they want to learn more about, about, you know, if they could start their own farm or, you know, just kind of a, a random range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed you also, you get kind of an education perspective too, mm-hmm. usually from, from everyone, which is interesting though. The one um, from Ireland is interesting hearing all of those differences that I never would have thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a big, uh, a big uh, goal of my podcast as well as to, you know, like, like I mentioned, I'm studying to be a, a teacher, you know, a high school agriculture teacher. And so a big, you know, a, a big portion of my message is that in order to keep the consumers and, and like the general population as a whole educated, educated about agriculture, it needs to start young. You know, we need to be teaching our, our kids and, and our young students about agriculture, um, you know, as, as early as we can. And, you know, being a high school agriculture teacher, I, I would like to be able to use that, that idea, you know, uh, effectively. And so I was curious about what other uh, countries were doing with their um, with their ag education programs, because uh, United States is is almost exclusive in its in the form of ag education that we have, because we have the FFA program. Um, no, no other country besides Japan has anything like FFA, and so it's it's interesting to hear, like 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 I had with the Irish conversation. You know, it's interesting to hear how they handle not only their education systems, but how they handle um, agricultural education specifically. And so that was kind of a big goal of mine was to learn, you know where are we missing the mark in teaching people about agriculture and where can we do better in, in that department? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really cool. Hmm. Um, so what's in your future? I know you want to be a high school ag teacher. Are you staying in California? Or what do, What are you looking for? California is my home, you know, as, as many problems as it has, I'm, I'm always going to call this place home. You know, it's got the most fertile lands in the world for, you know, for a reason I'm, I'm going to want to stick by, you know, all the dairymen that I grew up with. So, um, I would like to, you know, teach, teach in California if possible. And I don't think that I'm going to have a hard time finding a, an ag teacher job around here because there's uh, quite a few holes to fill. Um, so that's kind of my goal. I would like to maintain doing the podcast as long as possible and, you know, maybe eventually expand into a larger ag education based project. Uh, my, my entire goal since, you know, since I was probably a sophomore, junior in high school was to teach the world about where the food comes from and mm-hmm. not just teach them about it, but to get it, to get agriculture as a whole, you know, every aspect of the industry, not just the, the food production part, um, incorporated back into mainstream conversations. So, uh, even, even when, when I become a high school teacher, I'm still going to be working towards that goal if possible. Yeah, that's great. Honorable career ahead of you for sure. <laughs> yeah. And we appreciate it. Everybody that's been in the, that's in the industry or is a part of the industry. You know, we, we need people like you out there getting, getting the word out about what, what's really going on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, yeah, it was great to learn more about you and the podcast And if anyone is interested in learning more or listening to the podcast, you can head over to NorthAmericanEgg.com slash the best of egg. And we have a whole series of podcasts there and, and um, Brendan's will be there and you can find the link in the show notes below as well. And do you have a website for the, the podcast as well? Uh, I, I would really hope so by now I've been working on one. It's technically you can go to talkagdomy.com and my links will be there. It's just a really, really rough looking website. So I'm still working yeah. on making it look nice, but it is there. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It was a sure pleasure. Yeah. Have a great day. The way we conduct business in agriculture has endured a drastic change. Our handshake industry has traditionally been face-to-face, but with the cancellation of in-person events and farm shows, everyone has had to adapt, from farms to manufacturers to service providers. 
With a dizzying array of marketing and digital business choices, you need to make the right decisions or risk not being seen at all. If you need advice or a customized plan for your business, don't hesitate to reach out to me at chrissywozniak.com or chrissy.info because that's easier to spell. Don't risk not pivoting your business. Find the path that will take you into the digital space and be seen by our industry. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.